What's going on, everybody? It's your buddy, it's your pal, Spaz Phoenix, the YWC Reality Check, and yeah, there's a big four pay-per-view coming up this Sunday. Not that anybody would really know, not that the uh, build or the excitement or even the stakes are, are remotely there, other than in one or two cases. I'm not even enthused, and I'm the one, I'm the idiot that keeps trying to be excited about WWE and it's just failing me and NXT is is failing me and AEW is doing its thing and it's awesome and I'm watching some some impact wrestling and uh, yeah I it took me a couple of hours to even decide whether I was even going to talk about this pay-per-view but it's a big four and I haven't put out anything this week and my motivation and inspiration to do this is honest to god guys not even really there I halfway don't care about the pay-per-view uh, those of you that pay attention to me on social media will know I'm kind of having a weird week anyway that's why there hasn't been any reviews up I didn't even do the dynamite review last night I haven't reviewed NXT in ages and yeah I mean it would be different if I had somebody here with me to preview if I had a co-host we could at least make fun of stuff but me ever the idiot uh, enthusiast, the idiot optimist, I thought, okay, there's got to be something we can pull from this pay-per-view. And there is. I've decided that there is. What we can pull from this pay-per-view is the next pay-per-view, which is both a blessing and a curse. We all know that the next pay-per-view is going to be on January 1st, and it's called, because they are so creative these days, it's called Day One. And I don't know why, but I feel like they're going to try and do something. Now, whether that's just put on a decent show, <laughs> you know? Who, who's who got two thumbs and would love a decent show? This guy. I don't know why I'm gesturing to the camera. This is probably going to be an audio-only podcast, because it's mostly going to be me looking at my computer screen, and that's not very entertaining for you guys. Open this up in one tab, and then go to another tab and do something while you're listening. And if you're listening to this in a podcast form, then God bless you. Um... So basically, I'm going to pre preview Survivor Series, but I'm basically going to format it as, hey, here's Survivor Series, and here's why it's a big-ass roadblock to get us what we might actually want on day one. Now, I want to be clear about this. I don't think day one is going to be some big revolutionary pay-per-view that all of a sudden changes and all of a sudden WWE isn't lame anymore. It's, it's the bare-bones, bare-basic, that's a show that I might actually get some shit that I want on, and that is a shoestring, that is the thread that I am willing to pull to put this episode together uh, for the WWE, because, I mean, day one could be shit too, and that could just set a really, really bad pace for the rest of 2022, but the upside of it is I'm actually going to a house show about three days before WWE day one, just after Christmas, just after my birthday, I'm actually going to a house show, which is more, it's more hey, we can do this, which means Ontario's actually open for us to do this, rather than me actually being excited to see any WWE stuff. Because as you guys know, I've been to two Destiny shows already, and I've been all over social media asking when Impact and AEW are coming to Toronto, because all I got's a WWE house show, guys. And uh, that will be whatever it'll be. And unfortunately, as well, that's on a Wednesday, which means I'm going to be at a WWE house show when... Uh, when uh, AEW is putting on New Year's Smash, but then again, New Year's Smash isn't in Toronto. So I'm going to zip through this card really quickly. I'm going to give you give my thoughts on the match, and then I'm going to flip the script and go into the purpose of this podcast, which is forget Survivor Series. Here's what we need to do on, on day one. On day one, the pay-per-view, and literally on day one of, uh, of 2022. Uh, so there's only six matches announced. Right now there's still one unannounced person. They filled the gap on the women's tag title thing on social media by by way of Sonya Deville, and I think WWE and everybody else shared it after that. Uh, you guys know what I think about the Sonya Deville thing at this point. I think she's awesome. I think what happened to her to take her away from wrestling for a little bit was absolutely terrible. I think it's equally terrible that we're wasting her potential return to the ring on yet another Naomi push. But then again, we're also wasting Shayna Baszler on another Naomi push. So, I mean, 
There's a lot of blame to be shared around on that one. But let's talk about the mid-card titles first. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, who is our current Intercontinental Champion, versus Damian Priest, who is our current U.S. Champion on Raw. Um, this is an intriguing match, because as much as Shinsuke Nakamura is not at the top of the card, it's sort of become the accepted uh, reality within the wrestling community that Shinsuke Nakamura, and I, and I hate this expression, I think this expression came from what culture, and it probably does explain what he's at, but it's kind of disheartening at the same time that he was in New Japan and a bunch of other places, and he did his quote-unquote art wrestling, and now he's in WWE to do his quote-unquote money wrestling. And on the one hand, if that's the case, and if that's what he's seeking out of his career at this point, then you have to say hats off to him. And and if you've made enough, if you've made enough of a name that now you can just live on that name and make money and have fun and do cool boogs stuff, then good on you. You're probably having more fun than most people. Uh, but on the other hand, it takes a character that is very very fun and very very enjoyable and makes them very hard to get behind because you want to see them elevate but if you hear backstage that they don't even necessarily care about being elevated then that's it's 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 a weird thing I like I like Shinsuke I like um, I liked him instantly when I had no idea who he was and he made his debut against Sami Zayn at takeover or whatever the heck it was because my memory sucks right now um, Hearing the name take over just makes me cry at this point. Let's, uh, let's uh, R.I.P. the old NXT. Moving on. Uh, but Shinsuke, Rick Boogs, uh, I mean, it's such a good act idea that they copied it at the last AEW pay-per-view, trying to give Britt Baker an entrance with the guitarist from Fozzie, I believe. Somebody questioned me down in the box, or somebody... Uh, confirm that down in the box below for me. Now on the other side of the coin, you've got another anomaly in Damian Priest because they've given him a little bit of a character change, which isn't totally terrible when you look at what they've done to some other people. Um, I mean, look what they did to Keith Lee and Karrion Cross right before they let both of them go. One of them was the Bearcat, and one of them looked like Shredder, or a kid in a Shredder costume, and they wouldn't let him come out with his wife. Um, they've given him this sort of like Jekyll and Hyde thing and you guys know me um i like the goofy stuff i like the um anything that's sort of elseworlds crazy um you know fiend and then you know firefly funhouse bray wyatt um you know mankind becoming dude love these are the obvious examples that you can pull from i don't think he's pulling it off half badly so he gets to he gets to fly successfully under the radar as an NXT call-up that hasn't been totally, totally murked by main rosterism. I mean, he went to WrestleMania, they put him in a pretty prominent match with Miz Morrison, and I mean, they were do their celebrity of the moment was Bad Money, and you put a guy relatively new to the main roster in with this celebrity that you were hoping was going to bring you attention to WrestleMania, so I think they see him as a good dude. They haven't managed to bugger him up yet, and he's got some gold on his shoulders, so he's doing better than most, is what I can say. And yes, I know that that's a low bar, but we're talking about WWE main roster at the moment, are we not? Um, basically, for everything I just said in that ramble, Damian Priest has to win this. Um, I've got some ideas as to where he's going to go next, some... Pre uh, some um, uh, contenders that I'd like to see him go with next. Shinsuke Nakamura, especially with the Rick Boogs act and how people how people love that. Shinsuke Nakamura is Teflon to this loss, I think. And it's not it's not that I want Shinsuke Nakamura to lose. It's more a case of I want Damian Priest to win because he's got that tenuous little they haven't fucked him up yet thing. You might as well keep going with it. And this is the case with a lot of the champion versus champion thing. Because it's not championship for championship. It's not like winner take all, like the ladies match at WrestleMania a couple of years ago. It's just, I've got a belt and you've got a belt, let's fight. There's a lot of, a lot of the decisions that I'm making are going to just be based on who needs the win more, who can absorb a loss rather than who I like or don't like. Case in point, uh, want to hear a joke? Tag team wrestling in WWE. RK Bro versus the Usos. Uh, this isn't a who needs it more thing. Riddle's over. Randy Orton's uh, place in wrestling is already carved in stone, and the Usos are the best tag team WWE has had 
in recent memory. And I'm not being hyperbolic when I say that. I, I know that uh, the Street Profits are there. The portion of the New Day that is a tag team is there. I think they're trying to breathe some new life into the Viking Raiders. They've got the Alpha Academy. They've got... They had... Um, I'm pretty sure they're going to tag Ricochet with... Uh, with, uh, oh, what's his name? Monsoor. At some point, now that the Monsoor and Ali experiment has gone away, um, everything is sort of, I mean, you got Lost Lotharios in there that are definitely a comedy squash act. Um, there's a lot of good stuff going on. The, it's not hyperbolic to say that there wouldn't be a tag team division. There's not much of a tag team division right now. There would not be a tag team division to speak of if WWE didn't have the Usos. And if w I'll say this because I'm spending more time talking about AEW right now. If the Usos ever went to AEW, I think people underestimate what, what a shift that would be. Uh, not only because they're the only solid, like the only really solid, not thrown together, constantly treated well, tag team, but it would also break up the best act in WWE right now, and that's my opinion, I know that's a lot of other people's opinions as well, but the bloodline, anything connected to the bloodline is the best thing going on in WWE right now, and everything else, you sort of look at the bloodline, and it's like, well, how come you can't treat this like that? So you break up the bloodline, you lose your, your one solid tag team, and you add them to the company that's known for tag team wrestling. WWE loses the Usos, that's going to be a shift that nobody sees coming, and on the other side of the coin, Randy Orton and Riddle, A, they can absorb a loss, B, they're not going to do, um, they're not losing their titles, as I say, because the titles aren't actually on the line, Riddle's over as hell, Randy Orton can't be touched at this point, Randy Orton can lose for the rest of his career and still go into the Hall of Fame, um, they could use this to, to start, to spur the breakup of RK Bro, I don't know whether that's something they're going to do on day one or whether they're pushing that towards the Rumble or Mania next year. Um, it's a no-brainer for me. The, the Usos take this. The Usos absolutely, absolutely take this. Now I'm going to jump around a little bit, so excuse the, the clicking and the scrolling. The match that is interesting for reasons outside the ring and outside of kayfabe is Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair, Raw Women's Champion versus SmackDown Women's Champion. Now, on the whole, I'm just happy to have a title situation that doesn't have Naomi, Sasha Banks, and Bianca Belair run down our throats because name me a pay-per-view title, women's title match, and I'm talking about singles, not tag, singles. Name me a main t main roster women's singles title pay-per-view match that didn't at least have Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, or both in it. And now they're trying to cram Naomi back up into there too, and we don't need that either, because she's pretty fucking terrible. Now, Becky Lynch is just back. Becky Lynch is on a roll right now. Becky Lynch is trying... The, tr the more they try to make her a heel, the more people cheer her uh, and say, yeah, no, we, we love you. Um, this is this is not going to be a thing. Um, which which I think is, is funny in a way, because that is very much what the, what the deal is with Britt Baker in, in AEW. Now, I will say, if there's ever crossover, or if one moves over to the other, one moves over to the other, um, Becky Lynch and Britt Baker is a match that I would like, like to see for exactly that reason. They're both heels, they're both loved, uh, they get cheered, and then they do their devastating shit, and then they get booed for doing the devastating shit, but still get cheered for who they are. It's a wonderful, wonderful combination of things, and people seem to translate that into Becky Lynch isn't good as a heel, and I wholeheartedly disagree, because before she left, before she went off to have her kid, and obviously congratulations to her and Seth Rollins for that, um, she basically was annoying the hell out of everybody being a bit of a prick, and everybody loved it, but the people she was working with, the people she was fighting or whatever. Um, so the idea that that uh, Becky Lynch is a bad heel just because she's not what one person's particular idea of a heel is, is, is a little short-sighted. I'm not going to lie. Um, now, would I love her to come back out and be the man, the stone-cold Conor McGregor <laughs> hybrid that she was before? And I hate making a Conor McGregor reference because I'm not an MMA guy. Um, 
but um, I, I, I'm being equal on that. I don't like particularly their interference in WWE. I don't particularly like their interference on the last AEW pay-per-view. That was the one match I was dreading watching, so I'm being level across the board on this one. Um, but, I mean, I'm, I'll be honest, though. Like, my biases are what they are. I'm a mark for Becky Lynch. And then on the other side of the coin... <laughs> There's the one that you're not allowed to like because she commits the two cardinal sins of being white and blonde and the third potential cardinal sin of having a famous dad. So how dare we like her even though she's probably... As much as I like Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair's the best thing on that roster. I'm sorry, she just is. Like, you can say, mm, everybody has their best matches with Sasha Banks, which isn't true, but also Sasha Banks had her best matches with Charlotte Flair. So uh, let's do a little bit of a domino act there. Now... What's the real intrigue here? What's the... I hate this expression. What's the tea that's been spilled over this match? God damn, I hate myself for even saying that. What is the what is the real thing? No matter what they've done in storyline, it's the where they were supposed to do the belt swap, and apparently uh, Charlotte went off script and tossed the belt on the floor and pissed off Sonya Deville and pissed off Becky Lynch, and they had a big scrap in the back or whatever the fuck happened, right? And everybody jumped on Charlotte for being so unprofessional. Now, here's the deal. Any other wrestler that you like, think about the wrestler that you like right now. Think about the wrestler that is or isn't getting the push that you want right now. Think about the silliest thing. Think about, you know, Revival doing Usi Hot, or uh, Cody Rhodes fighting not to be Stardust, or... Anything. Think about them putting Karrion Cross in the, in the Krang outfit. You would have loved any of them to go to the bosses, to go to the people that they were working with, to go to the creative team and say, fuck you, I'm not doing that. And here's, let me show you how much I'm not going to do that. Only because it's Charlotte Flair does that get tucked into the category, oh, that was really unprofessional, you know. Like, no. Fuck off. Like, you guys are assholes. And I'm, I got no patience. I'm, the week I'm having, I don't have the patience for it this week. So... Charlotte Flair, good for her. She looked at something that she was being asked to do. She thought it was dumb. She went out of her way to do it dumb. It's like, uh, what's the great example? SummerSlam, I want to say 2005, when Shawn Michaels knew he was going to have to do the job to Hulk Hogan, so he made the whole match look really dumb by overselling everything. And good for him. Good for him, and good for Charlotte Flair. Now, I don't want her to have a, uh, a scrap with Becky Lynch. I want them to have a match that is as good as two people that actually deserve to be in the match and aren't put in there for political reasons can have. Um, I will only say that Becky Lynch should win this because she's the one that's just come back. She's the one that's getting this heel turn off the ground. And she's got, I will say, probably the more interesting options, as I'll get to later, coming out of this, going into day one, going into the Royal Rumble. I don't think... Either one of them is winning the Royal Rumble, if you'll permit me to jump ahead a little bit. I got Becky Lynch, but this one, where, where the other ones were a bit obvious, where Damian Priest, I think, is obvious, where the Usos, I think, are, are obvious, I don't think this one is as obvious, but I got Becky Lynch edging out Charlotte Flair, which I'm sure will please all the weirdos out there that pretend that Charlotte Flair isn't good. Uh, lost my place, lost my place. Roman Reigns and Biggie. Now, much like the women's champion versus champion match, I will give this the credit that it is due. The women's match has actual stakes other than belt versus belt, brand versus brand, because of what happened, quote-unquote, behind the scenes. Now, oh, sorry, let me just say, the fact that people are, are still going to the mat and saying that the Charlotte Flair, Blake, Becky Lynch thing isn't at least a partial work, you're retarded. Moving on. Um, but in storyline, in actual WWE playbook type stuff, Roman Reigns, Big E, and Big E even said this in a promo, like, hey man, I was looking forward to Survivor Series, you know, you're you're the head of your brand, I'm the head of my brand, I've got, I've got the one world title, you've got the other world title, let's just, you know, do the two big men slap and meet thing and I'll, I'll show you what's up. And then you had to go and make it personal, then you had to go and, and attack my, my family, etc. I think... Because he has to watch from the outside while his family, as he puts it, are trapped on this other show with Roman Reigns and the Bloodline in full force while they're missing a piece is a really cool story to tell. Not only that, but to then get to Big E 
through his family members, and then to, for Big E to come in to Survivor Series with that on his mind and not necessarily the title, not necessarily the brand, sort of throwing off all the cliches that everybody seems to not like about Survivor Series these days. I think that's a really cool thing. Um, Big E is, is doing all right as champion, and I, and I know that sounds condescending and it sounds like a backhanded compliment. I don't think he's... I mean, for his fans, obviously it is. In general, I don't think what he's doing is setting the world on fire, but it is very good. And I said this about NXT a, uh, a while ago, back when NXT was, was proper NXT. When, when you have so much fantastic wrestling and the wrestling is doing the, the thing for... I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> Excuse me. Anybody listening on headphones, I'm really sorry about that. Um, NXT did a lot of great, and I said every now and then you can bring in somebody that's just good, especially with the with the women's division. They had a lot of first class women's wrestlers, and then I I would talk, and I talked with uh, our buddy Jake DeMarco about the 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 invisible mid card that was happening in that women's division, and it's like after so much great, it's a little bit of 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 variety to have some just really good and again I, I apologize to anybody that I'm offending by saying this I don't mean it in a disrespectful way but Big E is really good what Roman Reigns and his family and everything that's built up around him is doing is great I think that there's going to be a hell of an effort put in here by both guys I think it's an interesting match I think there's all kinds of opportunity for interference, both from the Usos and from uh, from uh, Kofi and, and King Woods, if they're not still like in traction from getting the shit kicked out of them. Um, there's all even Adam Pierce said it this week. There's always the looming specter of Brock Lesnar. You can all of a sudden take off his uh, his suspension. They could do a swerve here where he. Brock Lesnar gets unsuspended. I, I don't think this will happen, by the way, because I think people are still raw and sore from what Brock Lesnar did to Kofi Kingston, even though it was the right thing to do and it made all the sense in the world. I think there's a there's a there's a world where the Heyman guys actually come together. Adam Pierce, Adam Pierce brings back Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns both exist under the Heyman uh, umbrella, if you want to call it that, and Adam Pearce gets to say, look at all this power that I have on SmackDown, and in the process, he absolutely F5s Big E out of this fucking world. There is a world where that happens, I don't think they will do it, if not only because it'll set the internet world on fire, if not the literal world on fire, and we had enough of that last year, so let's not do that. What I am telling you is... Whether it's by shenanigans, whether it's by interference, or whether it's just by getting trounced. Big E ain't winning this match, guys. I'm sorry. He's going to put in a good effort. He's going to look great in this match. He might look better in this match. I'll go this far. He might look better in this match than Roman Reigns because he's the... He's the He's the proverbial white knight walking, riding in on his white horse to, to be the hero of the day against the big, you know invading incursion, this Samoan army that is led by Roman Reigns, or however you want to dramatically uh, present it. I think Big E will be all of those things. And I, as long as he comes in and he is all of those things, I don't think he loses anything by losing this match. Because while Roman has been great for a while, Big E has been really good for a short amount of time. And that kind of fits... And people are going to be upset that I'm saying that. Um, I like Big E. I don't find Big E as champion nearly as obnoxious as Kofi Kingston. Because they're not doing it the same way. And they're not going as heavy-handed with it as they were with the Kofi Kingston thing. And I, I don't want him to lose the title anytime soon, either. I, I, should, I should throw that into the mix. Everybody's like, Roman Reigns is going to hold on to that belt for what feels like forever. Oh my god, they're only keeping that belt on him to overstay CM Punk's whatever, whatever. Well... Daniel Bryan just talked about WrestleMania on Dynamite, so I think most of that shit is out the window now. Big E's going to look great in a loss in this match. That's how that's going down. Now, let's talk about the fun stuff. Let's talk about... Oh, okay, I'll do the guys first. Sorry, 
I don't have any notes, guys. I literally have the WWE.com up in front of me for those of you. You guys aren't going to see me. This is going to be all audio. But um, I've just got the graphics up in front of me, and I'm, and I'm shooting the shit as I go. The men's team is... <laughs> this is fucking great. It was originally Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, uh, King Woods, Sami Zayn, Happy Corbin with Madcap Moss in his corner versus Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, and the Mysterios. Now, Bobby Lashley came in and destroyed Dominic Mysterio and put himself in the match because Adam Pearce wanted all former champions on on this team so that he could have the strongest Raw team. And then they eliminated Rey Mysterio, who is a former champion, and replaced him with Austin Theory. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the fact that Austin Theory is on this quote-unquote championship team because I like Austin Theory. Hey, hey, AEW fans, you guys just got your hands on Jay Lethal. Have fun with that. Uh, I like Jay Lethal, too. That match on Dynamite was fucking awesome. But, uh, yeah, you're also allowed to be a fan of, uh, of Austin Theory. Now, Jeff Hardy and Sami Zayn had a fight, so they had a fight not to get onto this match, but a fight to see who would be taken off of this match. And then they didn't say who's going to replace Sami Zayn. I'm sure that's going to be announced. I'm sure that's going to be announced on... Uh, Either on Friday, you guys know I'm recording this on Thursday. This is going up Friday morning, so obviously SmackDown hasn't happened yet. It's probably going to be somebody lame. They're probably going to bring back Kofi Kingston, and you're just going to have two members of the New Day to enhance the uh, the teamwork element. Or, the way things are going right now, Baron Corbin's already got Madcap Moss in his corner. They might just make him part of the team. I don't know. The other side of that coin, once again, as Adam Pearce said the other night on Raw... The wild card he's always got in his back pocket is Brock Lesnar. If you want to really make a splash that nobody can see, don't announce it until the match actually starts. And it's, oh, the fifth member of Team SmackDown is Brock Lesnar, and then everybody dies. Because let's let's see, Balor's been killed by Lesnar. Uh, Rollins has been killed by Lesnar. Owens was killed by Goldberg, who was then killed by Lesnar. Uh, Bobby Lashley and, and Lesnar is, is a thing that's, that's going to happen eventually, so I don't think they'll ruin that too much, so he'll probably get eliminated early by some shenanigans, and Austin Theory will get hurled along with his selfie stick into the fifth row, if Brock Lesnar is the fifth, I, trust me, I'm not on drugs, not on that many mind-altering substances tonight, guys, I don't think it's going to be Brock Lesnar, <coughs> I do think it would be hilarious, though. It would be a hilarious Adam Pierce just doing an Adam Pierce because I'm Adam Pierce and watch me Adam Pierce. Uh, Adam Pierce, baby! Or what was what was his name in the Indies that I didn't watch? Was it, was it Scrap Daddy? It's, there's all kinds of things you could say about that. Now, I will say, as much as I made fun of the championship team thing, if you look at it logically, Rollins, Balor, Owens, most recently Lashley all former champions on that team, and uh, Austin Theory does look like he's in the in the, in the uh, root of a push. Uh, you look at the other side of the coin, you got Drew McIntyre, who's still near the top of the card, Jeff Hardy, who they haven't respected in years, Kof or, uh, Xavier Woods, who already got his quote-unquote prize it at Crown Jewel with the crown on his head, Happy Corbin, who's a comedy character and one unannounced person. So... Just stacking up the two teams, Raw's got to win this. I don't know that they're going to go with that logic. Might be a bunch of underdog, uh, scrappy guys fighting for Scrap Daddy Adam Pierce. I don't fucking know. Raw should win this, is my point. And we move on to the women's 5-on-5 match, and it's a bunch of women that I love and respect, and Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. So you've got the new, the very first Queen's Crown Tournament winner, Zelina Vega, her sometimes friend, sometimes partner, Carmella, Liv Morgan, who looks like she's at the very beginning of a push, half of the women's tag team champions, Rhea Ripley, and Bianca Belair. Now tell me why, in a tag team scenario, you wouldn't want both of the tag team champions there? I don't, I don't know. On the other side of the coin, you got Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi Blackheart, my girl, Natalia Nightheart, because she still has a job, and recently just announced today, the spot that would have gone to Aaliyah, which is a bit of a bummer, uh, is actually going to Tony Storm, which doesn't hurt my feelings either. Now, 
you can't say anything about this without without getting into the whole um, a Sonya Deville hating Naomi because why wouldn't you? Uh, but on the other hand, uh, Sonya Deville and Shayna Baszler are being wasted in the Naomi push number five thousand. Um, but she is also the one who took Aaliyah out of this match. Aaliyah had her debut match on SmackDown, got really, really excited, and threw up on herself. And you know what, guys? I, I can laugh at a lot of things. I take the piss out of a lot of things. There's a lot of things I don't like in wrestling. I like Aaliyah. Aaliyah's my hometown girl. She had her very first match on SmackDown, her very first match. In front of a live crowd of that size, she got excited that she won and something unfortunate happened. If you are drilling down on this girl for this, I hate to, again, I hate to stray into the land of hyperbole, but you don't have a soul. I, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to try and convince you otherwise. I'm not going to try and convince you not to be an asshole, but just if you're being an asshole on this one, you don't have a soul. Like, that. That. that's all I can say. And then they took her out of the match and they put Tony Storm in, which is fine, because Tony Storm's been lingering around a little bit longer uh, and not done very much, but I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, looking at the two teams, I mean, fuck, take Sasha and Bianca out of the equation. Um, the rest of them, you got the new Queen of the Ring, because uh, that's basically what it is. You got Carmella, who's a former champion, still really, really underutilized. Like I say, Liv Morgan uh, is just on the cusp of a push, it seems. Rhea Ripley, who I still believe is going to do awesome things at some point. She's going to go one-on-one -on -one with Becky Lynch at some point later on down the line, and it's going to be great. Um... But on the other side of the coin, too, you got Shayna Baszler, who's been there way too long, not being awesome, stuck in the in the tag team with Nia Jax. Well, that ain't happening anymore. Um, and you got my girl Shotzi. I love I love her. Uh, she doesn't even have to win. She can just go out there and do awesome Shotzi shit. Uh, Natalia, at this point, she's not doing crazy cat shit, and she doesn't have the farting gimmick anymore. So those are always a plus. And I mean, she's a good mechanic in the ring, and I think she's a she's a locker room leader backstage so I think she might be she might not be the one that sticks out in the match but I very much believe that Natalia will have a hand in how the match is put together how it flows and making sure everything just moves properly and Tony Storm is just a fucking star it is what it is Th take your mind back to the the progress of the rivalry between Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm from the Mae Young Classic to NXT UK to NXT. If the imagine these two are the last two. Or imagine remember that December what was it? It was the December eighteenth NXT a couple of years ago when the main event was Rhea Ripley winning that title off of Shayna Baszler. Remember when NXT was good? Uh, NXT uh, Women's Championship off of Shayna Baszler. We could recreate that kind of stuff. We could have I mean, you could put the you could legitimately put the deserved spotlight on the newest people. You could have your last two people in this be Liv Morgan and Shotzi Blackheart. I I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I this is the one I can't call. This is the one I literally can't call. And as far as like who do I like, I I like both these teams. Uh, they've, they've each got one person that I find obnoxious and four other people that I think have, at the very least, something to offer me on my television screen on the night. So, out of everything, out of everything, out of every prediction I've made so far, which is only six matches, so it's not a lot, this is the one that I am leaving way up in the air. This is the one that if you're watching on YouTube, put it down in the box below. Tell me specifically, the women's five on five for Sunday. Who do you want to win? Who do you think is going to win? If they're the same, if they're different. Uh, if you're listening to me in an audio platform, find me on, on uh, Twitter, at Spaz Phoenix, and just just quickly say, hey, I think Team Raw is going to win. Hey, I think Team SmackDown is going to win. Now, the more fun thing to do now, as I scroll back up and down through the page, whatever, what do we do with these people afterwards? What do we do with these people after this card? Um, Damian Priest, uh, I'll start with Damian Priest. Uh, he's the United States champion still. He's not going to lose it because it's not on the line. I don't know why I keep saying that. Um, it looks like they're lining him up for a match with Apollo Crews. Personally, me, looking back up at who's going to be featured in that big uh, multi-person match, have, have it sort of be a former NXT 
special with the with the um, with Damian Priest defending against Austin Theory, because I would love to see Austin Theory doing all the selfie shit and pissing him off and whatever. And really, he seems to be the type of character that could bring. I don't know that could bring that Jekyll and Hyde gimmick to to solidarity to uh, to a more defined thing. Shinsuke Nakamura on the other side of the coin, who's the Intercontinental Champion. I don't know who you put him up against. I'm just looking at who they're featuring up here. Shinsuke Nakamura. Maybe, maybe you put him up against a Corbin again. It seems to be that now that they both have sidekicks, they're they're building some tag team stuff there. Uh, I don't think you particularly build tag team stuff with a guy holding a singles title, but because they are finally giving Woods a solo spotlight, um, I mean, Big E's having his solo spotlight right now, and good for him. Kofi Kingston had his solo spotlight a while ago until it was F5'd out of him. Now, if you're looking at the New Day, it's Xavier Woods's turn, and I don't remember if Xavier Woods has any singles titles uh, on his resume for WWE. I could be right, I could be wrong, um, but I mean, it doesn't have to, there doesn't have to be a heel turn. Uh, face versus face, just a match out of respect, just a match out of fun. You could have Xavier Woods taking on, uh, taking on Shinsuke. Uh, if you want to build up for that, you could have a really fun tag match. You could have the New Day versus Shinsuke and Boogs, and everybody could just, you know, Face versus face doesn't work all the time, but that could be something that's a bit fun. I mean, you could obviously do Shinsuke and Jeff Hardy. Like, that could be a fun time. I don't know who else is on uh, SmackDown. You um, Throw in somebody like Mustafa Ali. Uh, not exactly expected, but could be a decent, could be a decent good time. Uh, the Usos are probably going to go on fighting combinations of the Street Profits in the New Day for a little while. Randy Orton and Riddle, I think they might leave them off. I think if if they don't start sowing the seeds for a breakup here, then I think they might be left off WWE Day 1. If they do start sowing the seeds of uh, dissension here, then you can basically put them up against any team you want. Put them up against like an Alpha Academy or whatever. They get a fluke win, they lose their belts. Or sorry, they get a fluke lost, they lose their belts, and uh, moving on forward, eventually the all roads lead to some, or sorry, all roads lead to WrestleMania, Randy Orton versus Riddle at WrestleMania, when it happens, will be fucking fantastic. Um, it's already, it's one of those things though, like, we already know it's going to happen, we already know it's going to be good, so let's put it on the shelf, and when WrestleMania comes along, we take it out again. Um... Now, Big E, it looks pretty obvious. It looks pretty obvious to me that you're going to get some kind of triple threat match with him, Rollins, and Owens. If they are trying to keep Owens from going to AEW, because his his thing is up in three months. It just occurred to me the other day, um, you know, we all talk about, like, oh, AEW is going to get another one. Even, even I can't take the shots anymore. Like, yes, there are a lot of ex-WWE guys and people still like with a little bit of uh, WWE dust on them that are making their way quite prominently in AEW. Uh, and obviously Kevin Owens has connections to some of the guys there. Apparently the, the Rushmore, is that the thing with, with him and the Bucks and, and Adam Cole? All that is intriguing to me and until I had the thought the other day, we get Owens over there, or sorry, I guess it would be Kevin Steen at that point. You're going to get Kevin Steen versus Eddie Edwards at some point, and that's a match I really want to see. So, that's a thing. If they want to entice him to stay, then I really do think you need to uh, at least put the feeling out there that he might pick himself up another world title win. Seth Rollins doesn't need to win, but Seth Rollins as a constant, like, nagging, like, taste at the back of your mouth... Um, in the in the world title picture is always a cool thing. If they are not going to make that last stitch effort to to um, to bring Owens or bring Owens back into the fold type thing, then you swap him out. I still think you have a triple threat match situation available to you because if he's not going to be there, then you put Balor in that spot and you get Balor Rollins Big E. You can't tell me that's not going to be good. Roman Reigns, I can really only see going one of two directions. I think he might destroy Xavier Woods 
one more time because there was the whole thing where he got crowned with Xavier's crown last last week on SmackDown. Don't know what's going to happen on SmackDown tonight. As you guys are listening to me say this right now, I'll be out of town. I won't see SmackDown. So that's the thing. So unless they want to have him beat up Xavier Woods a little more, um, he's probably going to go through... Probably going to go through Drew McIntyre, which is an easy story to tell because you can go back to, what was it, last year's Survivor Series when they were both champions and they went at it, so you can retell that story with not too much trouble. But I do think that's going to be a placeholder until Brock Lesnar comes back. But you know what? Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns ain't a bad placeholder because this new, this new thing that they're doing, this, uh, this day one pay-per-view that they're doing, it may be a placeholder. It, sorry, it may be a a new pay-per-view, a new concept, this nice, new, fresh, New Year's Day uh, pay-per-view that they're doing, it's its mildly intriguing, but it is the definition of a B pay-per-view. Like, um, I'm talking about getting Survivor Series out of the way, the way most people talk about getting the Saudi shows out of the way, so we can get back to normal. Um, I, and that's what it is. Now, normal is going to be this day one show, but at the same time, the road to WrestleMania still starts at the Royal Rumble, so this is this is a tee-up for the Royal Rumble. This is a substitute for us not having a December pay-per-view, and you can't go from Survivor Series that stops everything to hitting the gas at the Royal Rumble without something to get us there, and I think that's what this pay-per-view is, and I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. Becky Lynch has a plethora of people that she she could be going after right now. Um, the the immediate contender is Liv Morgan. I don't need it to be Bianca Belair again, because no. Um, I wouldn't mind her having a couple matches. I don't think she would win. Uh, all, all due respect to Viper, Piper Niven, Dewdrop, whatever you want to call her. Uh, I don't think they see her in that spot just yet. I wouldn't mind her going through some of the people that were even left out of this show. Remember they did the thing a couple of weeks ago on Raw where her and Dana Brooke and Nikki Cross were all having scraps with the people that were actually chosen for the team. Now, that bottom... Like, I could see Becky Lynch in this current heel role, sort of going through Nikki Ash, as much as I hate to say it, uh, going through Dana Brooke, who deserves something someday, god fucking damn it, and then going through Dewdrop on the way to her match that's already been established with Liv Morgan. Now, I do believe that that will be the match that we get on, on day one. I think if they burn through with the... I don't want to say, like, she's a superstar, but Liv Morgan does, like, especially on social media, and I, I hate that that's the measuring stick these days, but it is, and I like her. I think they should have pushed her a long time ago. She does have a following. She does have a, a, a unique bit of the audience's attention, and yes, she's fucking hot to boot. Um, I think if they burn through that match, after having going through all the number one contender stuff, if they burn through that match before the day one pay-per-view, they are stupid. Um... Now, after that, I don't think Liv Morgan is going to win. I'm not an idiot. Uh, if she successfully decimated uh, Nikki Ash, then her partner, her tag team championship partner, Rhea Ripley, could come back for revenge, much like a biggie New Day Roman Reigns situation. And then maybe what we get at the Royal Rumble is Rhea Ripley versus Becky Lynch, which is fantastic. But that would mean going into two pay-per-views in a row where the tag team titles aren't defended. So somewhere in the middle, yes, they're kind of thrown together. Yes, they're only kind of a tag team. I think we transition the women's tag team titles from Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash to Carmella and Queen Zelina. Just because let them walk around and be bitchy and whatever the case may be, whatever the case may be. But, I mean... Becky Lynch versus Rhea Ripley at the Royal Rumble to actually kick off the year. The Royal Rumble is taking place on a Saturday this year, isn't it? That's neither here nor there. I don't know why that just jumped into my head. But uh, that would be a good Royal Rumble match. Because you always say uh, about the Royal Rumble title matches. You say it about the guys' match specifically, but now because there's a women's Rumble too, you can say it about the women's match as well. You can sort of do whatever you want with those matches because people tune into the Rumble for the Rumble, no matter what they what they tell you. You get that's where you get weird matches like um, 
uh, what was it like Edge versus Dolph Ziggler and and weird things that normally if they had to be at the top of the card wouldn't necessarily have happened. So you can have a knockdown drag out uh, between Rhea Ripley and Becky Lynch, which I think would be fantastic if they gave them the time and the ability to do it. And then the winner of that potentially has to face whoever wins the Rumble. <coughs> Shotzi. Um, but yeah, I think in order for that to make sense and in order for the criticism to not continue of those tag belts, uh, I think you pass them on to somebody else. And right now, who you've got realistically is this sort of kind of team with Zelina Vega and Carmella. And the thing is, with them two, uh, I don't think they're going to get their flowers. They're not going to be in the main title picture anytime soon. So why not, at this point, put them in a tag team or solidify the tag team they already have? And uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Bianca Belair can go on the kickoff or can supervise catering. I really don't care. Now, on the other side of the coin, what we do have... Much as I don't particularly care for Sasha Banks, as you guys know, she gets a pass right now because Bianca Belair is more obnoxious. I do think there's a story to tell with this brand new heel turned Shotzi Blackheart. You can take Shotzi Blackheart Sasha Banks to a pay-per-view. It could be day one. I wouldn't mind that in the slightest. Now, here's the deal. Whereas I've said for a while now, A, Sasha Banks is a part-timer, and B, she buries everybody. Here's a chance for her to prove both of those things wrong take it to a pay-per-view, put over this new heel turn in Shotzi Blackheart. Shotzi Blackheart, who, when she was in NXT, went on the Lillian Garcia podcast and said it was one of her main goals to bring hardcore wrestling to the women's division of NXT and the WWE. Have some kind of plunder match, have some kind of weird stipulation match that leans her way. If you're Sasha Banks and you want me to believe that you're not just sucking it all up yourself, go to a pay-per-view, put over my girl Shotzi. Now, on the other side of that coin, we got Charlotte, who's still going to be the women's champion. And I'm begging you. I'm begging you to let the Naomi rock sink to the bottom of the ocean. Stop wasting Shayna Baszler. Stop wasting Sonya Deville. Either give Shayna Baszler a, a technical, classic, potential quality match with Charlotte at a pay-per-view, or... Get Sonya Deville back in the ring properly because she should be doing better things with her time. I get it. If she came back after what happened to her, which was fucking terrible, and she wasn't comfortable being a, an in-ring performer, and that's why she became this this uh, authority figure type thing. If that's if that was part of her comeback strategy, how like she was going to get comfortable back being in the WWE, I have no problem with that whatsoever. But if she's returning to the ring, give her a worthy opponent. And a worthy opponent is not Naomi. A worthy opponent for her, and again, I'm going to put it out there once again, I don't think she's going to win the title. Just give her a match with Charlotte, because everybody has their best matches with Charlotte, not Sasha. You put her in there, you show her what she can fucking do. Because those of us that have followed her see to see her on the house show circuit know what she can do. People that only got introduced to her on the main roster, and I say this about Mandy Rose as well, people that only know what they've done since they went to the main roster don't know shit when it comes to Mandy Rose, but more specifically, Sonya Deville. But if we're not going to get that, give me Charlotte Flair versus Shayna Baszler. You trapped her in a tag team with super dangerous Nia Jax, who's no longer an issue. Now, this is where you got to put in some recompense and, and do that. Now, if you want to have a wild card... Uh, type of scenario, have a over-the-top rope battle royal number one contenders thing, whatever, and you want to give Tony a shot, or you really want to acknowledge that you fucked over Aaliyah uh, by taking her out of this pay-per-view match just because she happened to puke on herself. Um, any of those, any of those are good options. And I've even found something for Sasha Banks to do that I wouldn't mind. So hey, I'm trying to be nice here. I, um... I don't know. I'm scrolling back through. I don't really know what else is is happening. I've heard through the grapevine, and it might have just been a joke meme, I've heard through the grapevine that they're trying to get new NXT women's champion Mandy Rose on this card to fight somebody. I don't know if that's true, but this won't surprise you guys either. I wouldn't mind it. I really wouldn't. So instead of going through this card, let's talk about what we could have in the future. You could have... You, well, you're definitely going to have Becky Lynch versus Liv Morgan at some point. You're definitely going to... I would like to see Charlotte taking on either Sonya Deville or Shayna Baszler or... Uh, 
or whatever. Sasha Banks versus Shotzi Blackheart is a thing that I'm actually intrigued about. I want to see Rhea Ripley and, and Nikki Ash either defending or losing their titles so that they can have singles runs. I want to see Big E take on Roll some combination of Rollins, Balor, Owens. I want to see Roman Reigns uh, spend a bit spend a bit of time with uh, with Drew McIntyre before they pick up the Brock Lesnar angle. Uh, RK Bro is going to break up eventually. The Usos are holding up the tag team division. It's fine. Um, there's a couple different options that we talked about, uh, one being Austin Theory for Damian Priest. Shinsuke Nakamura can have a lot of fun matches with a lot of people. Basically, rounding it all out, let's get Survivor Series out of the way and see if we can get something good out of WWE's brand new pay-per-view concept, Day One, which they can only do because Sunday actually falls on the first this year, which, I'm sorry, for those of us with jobs out there, makes the whole stat holiday situation a fucking nightmare. Oh yes, but at least we've got a pay-per-view out of it. I've rambled for quite long enough. That's it. That's all for me. I'm glad you guys have listened. If you've listened this far, put a comment down in the box below, say I made it to the end or whatever. I haven't done one of those in a while. Let me know what you guys think about Survivor Series and Day 1. Find me on uh, find me on Twitter at SpazPhoenix. You guys know the rest of the things. If you're listening on audio, find me on YouTube at SpazPhoenix. If you're listening, uh, or listening on YouTube and you want to find me in an audio platform, search the SpazPhoenix podcast. Let me know what you think. Let me know if there's something that I'm missing that I should be super, super excited about for Sunday, because I really, I really don't think there is. But there's some other cool wrestling coming on the horizon. Most of all, I've got another Destiny show to go to. I'm going to stop rambling because I'm losing my voice. And I'm really tired. I've been Spaz, your YWC Reality Check. Subscribe up there, talk down there, start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I will talk to each and every last one of you later. But for right now, I am tagging out. Bye, guys.